Hello, welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, our episode covers Netflix's 97th film. It's the 2018 action thriller, How It Ends. It's directed by David M. Rosenthal, and it stars Theo James, Forrest Whitaker, Grace Dove, Kat Graham, and Mark O'Brien. I'm Jesse, and I am here with my co-host, MJ. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, another sort of like, I get, I felt this one's a bit more sci-fi-y, maybe, um, than just an action Definitely. Yeah, um, I was, yeah it's more adventure than anything else. Adventure, action, a touch yeah. of sci-fi. Is it sci-fi? Ooh, who knows? Who knows? Oh, yeah, that's a very good question that I'm sure we'll ask each other at um, some stage today. So, yes, if um, you want to watch this film called How It Ends, please um, go watch and then come back and listen because we will spoil this uh, film early on. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start off with our Fast Flicks where we each give our own little summary of um, what this film's about. So, MJ, what's your Fast Flicks? Let's do it. So, How It Ends is an end-of-the-world story about a journey of a man driving across the country to find his girlfriend. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, I've I'm very very similar. I've just it, it, I've just said it's two men though that um try to get back across country during this seismic event to find the same person, their daughter and their lover. Um, nice. Yeah, but yeah. There's not much else to say about this film because that is uh, literally what this film is about. Well, the first like five or ten minutes because I did you know we know I don't know anything about the film going into it. I didn't read the synopsis on this one, which I have started to do, and I, I probably will do more of. But um. I, I was obviously assuming it was going to be like an end of the world story because it's called How yeah. It Ends. <laughs> and I was like, maybe it's not. And I'm watching this movie and I'm like, no, nothing's happening. And then when that, that phone call happened or whatever it was, when there was like an earthquake or something, I was like, ah, here we go. <laughs> it just took me a while to really get into it. And then uh, uh, all of a sudden it did become an end of the world story, which I was happy with. Good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm stuck on this one. This one's got lots of uh, thoughts going through my mind about exactly where it sits and and what it was trying to do. Um, and well, I'm that's why we do gonna, this podcast. You know, yeah, and that, that's exactly what I was about to say. I'm hoping that you're going <laughs> to guide me through this um, challenging time in understanding a, a film about the end of the world. Even um, if I don't help you, it'll be fun to talk about it. I'm, I, I can guarantee you're going to help me with some things because there are some <laughs> things in this that I need some help with. Um, all right, let's let's have a chat about anything that uh, you've been able to work out about how this film was made or put together. Have you got any interesting facts for us? Uh, well, it it was it took a while to get made. Is probably the main thing that I figured out. So it was a it was a 2010 blacklist script, and I'm not going to really count that as as part of the production. But in 2011, um, it was announced that Sierra and Affinity was developing this film off the 2010 blacklist. So it didn't. It was it was only on the blacklist for a year. Um, blacklist for those who don't know is is basically a list of, of of screenplays that weren't made into a film in that particular year that people think were pretty good screenplays. So, um, so that was March nineteen twenty eleven was when they announced that, um, and then on December twenty fifteen, that's so what's that? Over four years, four and a half years after, um. David M. Rosenthal, the director, came on board. Uh, Sierra Pictures, which had developed the project up until that point, also jumped on board to produce the film, and they were going to fully finance it as well. So this is December in 2015. And then January 2017, so it's just over a year, I guess, 
On January 2017, Netflix acquired the worldwide rights to the film. And then by June 2017, Theo James, Forrest Whitaker, Cat Graham were all cast in the film. Uh, and basically from August, September, principal photography, and they started filming it. So from a 2010 Blacklist film to a 2011 announcement that it was going to be made <laughs> into a film, 2015, we got the director and the financiers, and then Netflix comes on in January, and then by August, September, they're filming the thing. So uh, I think from what I can gather, a lot of it was filmed in Winnipeg in, in Canada, but a little bit also done in Manitoba in Canada, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, and there was also a, a scene filmed in Chicago as well. Yes, yeah, I, great, because I, I thank you for filling me in because I, I didn't uh, look into any of that stuff. So it's an interesting story that it, yeah, it took um, seven or so years before, it, you know, from the idea yeah. to sort of uh, hitting the screen or the small screen um, as we should call it. And it kind of yeah. had that feel to it, right? It didn't feel like someone's just written this cheap, nasty script. We've got it direct. We've got it put together and slapped on it. And in 24 months, we've got a film. Like th- th- there's a bit more to this. It, it had that kind of feel to it, that it was a bigger concept. So I do understand it, but Obviously, it took a while for anyone to get interested in it until good old Netflix did their thing and, and, and took it off someone else's hands and distributed it internationally, and here we are. Yeah, this, it sort of had the feel to, you know, those sort of direct-to-DVD sort of film that you, you may have got at that stage, and maybe, yeah, this is probably one of those perfect little areas that Netflix sort of sit in where they can pick up a film that's probably not going to get a theatrical release, and, you know, there's, there's probably not a lot of, um, you know, video going to dvds or you know those video on demand are sort of that that smaller little niche market so uh, good on them for sort of getting this to a few more eyeballs i guess yeah particularly when this you can completely understand this concept was meant to be a big theatrical experience no no doubt whatsoever mm. but um interestingly by the time let's say forrest whitaker came on board who is the big star of the film um he, it was already a netflix film so that's i i, I, I like to know that it's not like he was he was duped out of another big acting credit um he knew what he was doing by the time he'd signed on and that's kind of cool yeah um the only sort of little things uh, there's a scene in this film where they're at this um sort of water slide and that was um shot at this um wet and wild sort of uh theme park north of winnipeg in canada and um the water slide since the film's been filmed has been demolished so i thought that was a a cool little thing we've got some evidence of um history in this film of, um, of a water park that the, the slide no longer exists for what um, it's worth it didn't look terribly functional by the time that it was in this film it didn't did it um the and i'm just reading about this film i just found this little um summary by it's a website called this is barry it's this dude that writes these these little reviews i guess right and um I thought this was a perfect way of, of summing up this film. He goes, the majority of the movie shows these two characters, Tom and Will, take a road trip where they bond over being robbed, being in an accident, being mugged, being in an accident, <laughs> being held up by a woman, and eventually leaves them being lost, being funny, and being dead. I just, I just, thought, I just thought that, that was a nice little um, summary that I didn't want to steal from my fast flicks, but I thought it was a... a what was the a second last one? Like, being funny? yeah <laughs> okay we're getting into our early thoughts too early um, I, I just, I, oh i thought you meant like like when um they had a bit of a laugh together maybe at one point but i think it was generally they were um yeah. they weren't bonding over much much laughs no not at all um so yeah you mentioned before that this uh this came out on netflix on the 13th of july 2018 so mm-hmm. uh yeah nearly two years ago it had four nominations for awards 
Oh, did it? I thought was yeah, I thought was a little bit interesting. They are awards um, ceremonies that I haven't heard of, to be honest. Okay, the, that's all right. Something the first like. one was um, the Sin Europa Award in 2019. It was nominated for the best visual effects in the international competition, as well as best sound effects, best editing as well. So three awards it was nominated for at these awards. I couldn't find anything else about that award ceremony. Um, but the other one that I International section. I oh, see so you don't know much about this ceremony. I was going to say, yeah, what does no, international mean? Does that mean it's yeah. not an American film award or is this Canadian film? I don't know. Well, that, that leads in well to the, the other award it was nominated for. And that was, um, it's the actor awards, which is the, um, like the Canadian equivalent oh, okay. of the Oscars, I guess. So, the award for that one was a nomination for the best emerging performance from Grace Dove, who plays the character Ricky. Um, okay. So, yeah, so that was um, the one award that that one was nominated for. Oh, there you go. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what about some consensus for this one? What have you What have you been able to find out? Before we get to consensus, this movie yes. had a budget. Oh, we haven't had one in a while. We don't often get budgets on Netflix films because Netflix doesn't need to disclose that information and obviously they don't have box office, so there's nothing to compare it with. But this movie allegedly had a $20 million budget. Okay. Now, I've done a bit of a, a bit of research, as I like to do, just to find out some similar $20 million movies. And I've tried to go with more recent ones just so you can get an idea of what you can do with $20 million. $21 million last year did the movie Hustlers. Um, also did Velvet Buzzsaw, which is a, another Netflix movie that we haven't covered yet on this podcast, but no. interesting to know that that's a similar kind of budget. I'm looking now, forward to covering that one because uh, that's a Dan Gilroy film, uh, a director that I quite enjoy uh, watching his content. So uh, listen out in a couple of years' time when we do that. You don't mind Jake Gyllenhaal as well. I do love Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, <laughs> Renee, Renee Russo's in that as well. So it's a, it's a nice little coming together. Of Cocktail movie. of Jesse. <laughs> it's great. Um, All right, what else? Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark and Beauty and the Beast. Obviously, two big films, but different generations. So it's 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 not really comparing apples with apples. But in the last few years, a budget of twenty million dollars was Us, the Jordan Peele horror thriller, mm-hmm. The Conjuring, Wonder, Glass, Good Boys from last year, and The Descendants. Just a just a few. So you can do a fair bit with twenty million dollars if you do it right. I wouldn't mind seeing the breakdown on the spreadsheet for where that money went to. And my guess is that a majority of that went to the special effects. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> because apart from Forrest Whitaker and, you know, a lot of those films that you did mention had, you know, two or three pretty high build um, sort of yep. actors and actresses. So I reckon, uh, yeah, the, the breakdown for this one would have been special effects for sure. But let's not pretend that 20, like $20 million is still a small budget for a film. We're not going to pretend like you can make a big action sci-fi with $20 million every day of the week. So it's not like they've got a huge budget. Like if you look at a movie like The Good Boys, or sorry, Good Boys and The Descendants, like they're, they're really like, uh, Good Boys is a funny movie. Descendants is a really good movie, but not like they're, they're bursting the bank with what they need to do with it. So, Nah, George Clooney would have taken up a big chunk of, um, of The Descendants, wouldn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we had a, a comparison for some, some similar films. Um, since consensus time, I reckon it's time we do this one now. So what, what have you got for the consensus? Yeah, it's, it's not hugely popular, to put it nicely. Um, it's sitting at a 5 out of 10 on IMDb with 42,000 ratings. So a lot of people have watched this movie. Like there was interest in this movie and we talk about with Netflix because they're not they're not guided by box office. If you're getting forty two thousand people on IMDb alone choosing to rate it, you must have pretty decent numbers on the film. So you'd almost view it as an as a success. 
yeah. um, regardless of that five out of ten. But on Letterboxd, it's a two point one out of five. A lot more of a, <laughs> a lot less popular, uh, and only eight and a half thousand ratings. So as we say, Letterboxd, our more filmy audience, not even interested in really checking this one out. And if they did, yeah. they didn't really like it. Yeah, if they, they checked it out, they've uh, gone out of their way to sort of uh, push it down to that lower end of the scale. Yeah. The, the Google users were, this is probably one of the lowest ones I think I've seen on Google users. Only 43% uh, liked this one. So that's uh, definitely on the lowest. Even the bad films get 80% <laughs> yeah. on that. Correct. So obviously people have gone out of their way to um, give this one a negative rating. There is um, a lot of hate on this film online. It's like people were really annoyed that it wasn't that good. That's that, that's People are annoyed at the film for, for just being a film. Yep. Um, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics didn't like this one either. It sits at 17%. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on 18 reviews and the audience uh, even had it lower at 16% um, on nearly 50, <laughs> on nearly 1500 reviews. So uh, very, very low uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. As There's well. just something about this film and just looking around and reading reviews, people just were just really annoyed at it. Like it's one thing to have a film that people don't like, but people were annoyed that this film was a film for some reason. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, to be honest. Well, that probably leads us into our early thoughts. Uh, because I, I might go first for this one because um, I can I can probably uh, sympathize a little bit with some of those uh, people who have had a little bit of that negativity towards this one. The, to me, this was a hot steaming pile of mess. Uh, oh, I, no. I really, I really did want to like this. Um, and I, like, I kept trying, I really wanted to get into it. And like the performances to me, they were like in like this cruise control, which made it really hard for me to feel any urgency or, or care as to why, or if, these men would make it back to where they wanted to be or find what they wanted to find. And yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on the, the negative side for this one. <sighs> what about you, MJ? Well, I, I worry that people for some reason, and I'm not putting you in this category yet, just expected this to be amazing. And I don't know why people kind of thought that. So for me, I, I kind of like singular adventure movies, like a, a journey that you go where you know what the destination is. You don't know quite, what's going to happen in between getting there. I just, I just found something really comfortable in that, in that kind of st- storytelling. So in that respect, it, it felt comfortable watching it. Yeah. Secondly, and this might've helped me. I know a guy who's seen it. And when he found out that we we're doing this podcast on Netflix, original movies, the first thing he said to me was how annoyed he was at this movie. So <laughs> my expectations were pretty low going into it. And I was expecting it to, to be what you just said, a hot, pile of steaming mess or whatever (laughs) um so i kind of settled into it a lot more seamless seamlessly than i thought i would with my expectations going into it like it it has got a lot of flaws and there are a lot of questions that you probably can't answer and i'm sure we'll try to do so on this on this episode but i just i understand the negative sentiment i don't understand why people are so mad at it I, i read a review and it came up really high on google just basically talking about all these problems with it and half of which just weren't even part of the film they'd just sort of taken this perception of what had happened and, and got it all wrong so uh, for the most part i enjoyed the journey and i thought it it, it filled the time pretty well it, you know a journey of driving a car for an hour and 45 minute movie or whatever is, is tough but they had some pretty cool scenes in between that and some of the stuff they had to deal with so i didn't mind it Okay, good. Well, hopefully that'll lead for a, a better discussion because uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be pretty um, harsh on this one. Yeah, and, good, good. And I think the my what I'll do is I'll I'll try and use actual evidence from the film um, to explain what I had issues with, rather than yeah, coming, you know, coming up with these ideas that are 
you know, maybe didn't need to be interpreted. So I'm looking forward to this. This should be good. Yep. All right. Let's do it. All right. Characters hit, hit us off with your first character, MJ. Well, I think with, with Will, um, the, the thing that works well with Will is that I clearly found myself in his shoes and that's how they set him up. He's completely ill-equipped to be dealing with this situation, but he's not an idiot and he, he's adaptable enough to, to make it work. Um, it took him a little bit of time to settle into that hero role, whether whether he got the full-fledged hero status by the end of it, I don't know. But uh, that steady transition for me actually felt pretty true that he started off completely out of his depth and, and, and as time went on, he slowly took the reins from, from Tom and then eventually was was able to fend for himself and, and kind of just make it all happen. So the whole movie, I'm just sitting in his shoes and, and, and thinking, okay, I'm in this situation, what would I do? Okay, if Will can do that, maybe I can do that. And, and I think that's a really helpful storytelling device. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad because I, I didn't think that at all and I can completely get where you're, <laughs> you're going with that because that all makes sense. Like it makes sense that I think if you were in his shoes straight away, then you're going to feel that journey with him where, um, yeah, I'm, I'm almost the complete opposite because I, I saw him as this guy that wants to be seen to be doing the right thing the whole time. But I really knew so little about him other than he was expecting a child. And so I didn't really care for him. And with that being the only thing that I knew, I, I didn't really, I didn't care what happened to him. I probably would have preferred the movie ending with him arriving in Seattle and everyone being dead. And that was the end of the movie. And then I could have been like, oh, cool. That was good. But it sort of went on for another 15, 20 minutes. And, and it didn't really add to him at all for me, um, his actions once he was reunited with, um, you know, his partner, Sam. Um I do yeah. agree with those stakes. I, I don't think they were properly developed because I, I similarly didn't care for him that much. I mean, like, I didn't want him to die. And let's be honest, we never he was never going to die in the first hour and a bit anyway. Like, even if he had of like, we knew that he was the one that was behind the steering wheel. So that was fine. But you're right. I, I do think they missed a beat with making you care about him really getting to see his his partner um and, and and that was and that's why i think i just was fine just settling into this this action adventure movie where i was actually driving it driving the car instead of will oh. so that hmm. all right tom so tom's his partner sam's father um and you know they said they set him up as this sort of serviceman who's done you know nearly 30 years serving mm-hmm. his country and is sort of you know you introduce as soon as you introduce to him he seems like this sort of you know no one's going to break him. You know, he's sick of people not working hard and all these people that are dreamers. So he's sort of like this guy that wants to have sort of a, a plan in action. Mm. Obviously protects his daughter and, and you know, wants wants the best for his daughter as well. But I thought Forrest Whitaker's just, he's better than this. Um, it was just like him playing this grumpy old man. And he didn't, he didn't, there was no light and shade in his performance. It was just, yeah, oh, man, I, I was very disappointed in, um, in, in this character. I definitely, I definitely don't think there was no light and shade in this character, um, because because Tom was when things got tough. Tom was a real badass, and early on, you feel really safe with him in charge, despite the fact that you knew that things were going to eventually become out of his control. And eventually, from a story perspective, they just weakened him enough to make you feel like you're kind of fending for yourself without the support of this, you know, retired James Bond type character. Um, but the way he, he still, um, the way he talked to people and the way he reasoned with people, 
was just a completely different side of him. He lost that hardened edge and he he, he had this nous about him. And like, he, he, he realized very quickly the dire situation they were in. Even when he offered Ricky $2,000 to come on, come in the car with him, he was so aware that $2,000 in this world actually means nothing right now. It doesn't matter. He, he cottoned onto that before I think the audience even knew that. And, and, and that kind of the, the badass combined with the um, combined with the, the sort of savvy side of and, and what he should be doing. I didn't mind. I'm not saying it was uh, he was the best character I've ever seen. I'm certainly not saying it was an Oscar oh, for a man who's won an Oscar, an Oscar performance yeah. from Forrest Whitaker. But I think there was a little bit more to Tom than, than just uh, hitting cruise control or whatever. Because uh, all, all I got from him was that one scene in the car where him and um, Will have that conversation. And that was like, to me, the only sort of time that I saw some sort of turn in him because every other situation, it was just him playing that hard line that he gets what he wants when he wants. Like, you know, with the paying the money for the car, he was, he was happy to just keep paying because he's not used to people saying no to him or people being scared of him or people being hesitant towards him. And, and the same with, you know, when they rock up at the town and, and the police, he's not going to say, he's not going to allow people to say no to him. Um, and I don't know, I just felt, I didn't like that was just him the whole way um, until mm. that one scene in the car where he sort of, you know, opened up a tiny little bit. And yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was because like, like you said before the maybe the, this whole situation of what they're actually facing, like we don't know what this situation in the world or what's mm. actually happening. And, and it doesn't, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just frustrated completely with him. <laughs> I think I, I used him as a barometer most of the time with, with whatever was going on. He, he knew, and he knew before, they wanted the audience to know, and I think that was kind of cool. But yeah, again, nothing special. But I, yeah, I, 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 I'm sad that you you probably missed out on a little bit with that because there's a little bit more yeah. to Tom than than just I that. Just, and, yeah, I, yeah, it's not I, to say I, that those hard. parts of him weren't part of his character because you're right. He is a guy who gets what he wants, and he uses force to get what he wants, and he uses nous to get what he wants. But there was also nuances in development where when he eventually stopped the car for Ricky, even though when he said when they stopped that car, they found those dead people, get back in the car. He was he was still right to get back in the car and he still stopped to get her. He softened on her. He tried to reason with her when she went out, which was a different side of him that we hadn't quite seen. You know, you know, you saved us kind of thing. So I don't yeah, know. He still, was, made, he still made a point to her that, you know, um, I wouldn't have stopped for you. It was only Will that like made me stop for you. Like, but he, the, why an hour ago, he wouldn't have listened to Will. But why did he need uh, to say that? If we, we could have just accepted that, okay, he's changed this a little bit. You don't have to say that out loud to her. Why does she need to know that? Yeah, I guess oh. it's still the hardened side <laughs> to him that you talk about, though. I don't and, think he loses maybe, that. And maybe if we had have known, like like you said, he's, he's clicked onto what's going on with the world. Maybe if the, the filmmakers had have given us an opportunity to actually be um, fed a little bit of what actually was going on, then maybe I would have been able to connect with him a bit better and what he was feeling. But I, I still feel like that there was no resolution or any idea to the audience actually what was happening in the world. Um, oh, yeah, so, I didn't want to know though. I That was one of the better yeah. parts of the film okay. for me though. Right, I, well, I enjoy yeah. that we didn't know. Okay, and well, I'm not saying Tom knew. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm not saying he knew. I'm just saying he understood that this was pretty damn serious that he could just say he's going to give someone 2,000 bucks and in the, in the scheme of things, $2,000 means nothing. Nothing. Hmm. All right. Well, we briefly touched on Ricky, so I'll, yeah. I'll take the opportunity. I, I felt she was the character that had the most potential in this film. Mm, um, yep. You know, come along for this ride, and but I, I was completely um, confused and a little bit shocked with the way that they sort of that they tried to make this slow reveal that 
she was Native American, I guess, and these little assumptions about talking about the plains being named after Indians. And then, mm. you know, she's, she specifically says, you know, when she runs off with no explanation of where she's going, she says, you know, we'll survive longer than you. And mm. obviously meaning like her people. But to me, I was just like, and then we don't see her again. We don't yep. know if she's safe. We don't know what's going on. Like I, I, this was a missed opportunity to have, you know, obviously she was nominated for most, you know, outbreak or emerging performance or whatever it was like, she needed to be in the film more than she was. Oh, I, yeah, I, this is where I 100% agree with you because I, I, I'm all cool with that nomination, to be honest. I thought she added a heap to the story and, and I think she did a, a bang-up job sort of adding that sense of camaraderie that it does get forced upon people and it's not until you take a step back and you realise that you're kind of not okay with, with everything that's going on. Um, but I hated the fact that they just let her walk off and then we heard nothing again. Because yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like the idea, and I, this is just a weird thing, similar to me with like, I kind of don't mind adventure movies. I kind of like the idea of going on a journey and picking up people along the way. I don't know why. I just always I just always have. I just I think it works in storytelling. And when they got her, I was happy. And when they when they dropped to that other girl's, the other lady's house where they had a shower and stuff, I thought they were going to bring her along too and I was all for it, but they didn't do that. And then they got rid of Ricky, so I agree. Massive... What the hell? Good. Uh, any other characters that you wanted to talk about? I, I do want to talk briefly about Jeremiah, which is yep. the neighbor at the end. Um, and, and this is the more I've been thinking. I didn't quite get it at the time, but the more I've been thinking about it, the more <laughs> maybe it doesn't fit with the tone of the film, but I kind of, th- this character kind of works a lot more for me because I think he's just some creepy dude who had the hots for Sam. And he started to settle into this, kind of last guy on earth type situation that he ends up with her and he's completely ruined by Will's insanely unlikely arrival. And you get the impression, and this is what I've been thinking about more, you get the impression he's always had a thing for Sam, right? Like he's his creepy neighbor across the hall. And as soon as the earthquake comes, he's obviously like, hey, come with me quickly. Um, And the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. It didn't really work for me during watching the film, but now I think about it. Does that add up to you? Do you think that's what he was? Well, I interpreted it as he was her neighbor in this place she'd escaped to, not from the original place, because um, Will didn't know him, did he, when he rocked up? Well, but remember, she wrote on the wall at their apartment, come to this place. This so first, he must have been I like, hey, hey, come with me to um to my, you know, camping holiday shack. house or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, he, just the, the way that they made him sus straight off, like you knew that he was never going to get along with Will and just some of the, the conversations between the two and in and, and particular, the, the scenes where they walk out to mm. the, the woods at the end. Like I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know where he fits. It's just, yeah, no, I agree. That they didn't do it well, but I think there's, they could have, they could, I don't have the answer, but they could have done this better to make it work because that concept the more I think about it, and I, but I had to work too hard for it to really make sense. I, mm. I get it, though, because here he is thinking, holy crap, I've got this smoking hot girl just by pure chance because I am, you know, what, if you're the last guy on earth kind of thing, that's that's my situation. I'm in it. I, I did it. And then her husband comes out like, this guy was on the other side of the country. How'd this guy get here? I'm not cool <laughs> with it. So mm. uh, I don't know how it actually works out in the whole scheme of things with this film, but... Um, when I think about it, the mom like I, we had to talk about it. That's probably my yeah. main point. True. Okay. Um, the director David M. Rosenthal. Have you got anything about him that you found interesting? Uh, no, nothing in particular. Uh, 
I've had 11 directing credits for like shorts and TV and a couple of films, but I hadn't heard of any of them. Um, mm. So I, yeah, I, I don't know what that sort of says um, about him, I guess, but yeah, I mean, good, good, good on him putting this one together and hopefully, um, you know, gets a couple more shots. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. Okay. Time to, for us to talk about some scenes. So I want you, you like this one more than me. So give me some things that stood out in this one for you. Yeah, and as I look, I like this more than you, but I didn't love this film. I just don't understand the the anger. Like, hate and anger are two different things. People could dislike a film, but people are just angry at this film. But I don't quite get it. So, um, seeds. I got a few. There's the very very opening scene. They're getting the ultrasound, and mm-hmm. it comes straight after you see the title of, of um, how it ends. And the first thing that pops into our mind is how it begins because there's a being born and i kind of like that juxtaposition we didn't really go into it any further than that but Mm. i'm gonna that was obviously deliberate and i think it worked quite nicely so is it saying that maybe the film ends with the birth of the baby Mm. well this is the story of how it ends right and ironically this is a we're starting the story with the very very beginning of something so Mm. nice um, I, I said this before, it's not a scene, but I, I do like that they constantly allude to something bigger happening, but don't actually reveal it because it did keep me interested in what could be an otherwise pretty slow part of the narrative when they're driving a car. Um, but did you feel let down that there, there was no actual explanation? Because I, I felt let down that you, you have all these things in the background and you don't actually give the audience the credit of actually explaining what's been going on. I have my theory and I didn't think I need to be told what happened because I walk out of that movie and I tell you what I think happened and I don't, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's what I took out of it. And we can get okay. to that if you want, but I, I, that movie ended and I was pretty clear with what was happening and, and whether I'm wrong or not, that's, that's fine. But I wasn't left wanting because that ambiguity made me make up my mind and I made it up like instantly. Ah, oh, okay. This yeah. is what happened. So. Okay, good. So I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't left wanting. And again, like these movies are more about the journey. Like, See, like, compare this movie to Cloverfield, which you like, yeah? Yeah, I enjoyed that. Cloverfield, for me, has a far worse ending than this. <laughs> and I know we're probably jumping ahead. Yeah. But Cloverfield doesn't really leave it ambiguous. and then it, But it, it, it just introduces something brand new that all of a sudden, this is how it ended. And I didn't tell you anything about that, but it's over. Whereas at least this, you can make up your own mind in a sense. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, definitely, definitely. We'll, we'll probably talk about this a bit later on, will we? I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, um, I, most of these scenes are all quite similar, but I, firstly, I like the scene with the fake cop. Just didn't realize that we were going that intense so early, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, and similarly, when those guys stole that gas off them, and then they shot them off the road, and the car exploded, that was a pretty gripping scene. And I liked it because Ricky really integrated herself onto the team by shooting the tire and everything. Yeah. Um, it got overridden by <laughs> her leaving. <laughs> so that kind of bothered me a little bit. At the time, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I love this trio. Yeah, it would have been um, cool if the them kept going and destroying things. <laughs> I still don't know why she didn't. But anyway, that's uh, another story. Um, and the bridge scene. The bridge scene was awesome. Um, clever. I thought the action was good in it. Um yeah, it, it, it kind of highlighted these little, I don't know what you want to call them, little clan, uh, little clans or um, colonies or whatever that are just kind of taking over cities. It highlighted that kind of Planet of the Apes feel to it. Um, and I just, I thought it was a cool scene. 
Nice. Nice. That's that's yeah, that's and I the I've got a scene which I liked and then didn't like, so I'll put it in here. Yeah. And you mentioned this before. I thought the intensity in the scene where Will killed Jeremiah. I thought that intensity builded really nicely because as you sort of said, they set it up really clearly that this Jeremiah probably wanted Will out of the picture and when they're walking out to the woods, you know something's going to happen. And, and and maybe because I was a little bit more invested, I, I, I got that, you know, heart-rising kind of feeling. Uh, but I do preface the fact that I don't know if the story needed that. Um, it's it was, just like it, we, we can have this this switch that we can try and confuse the audience and think that Will's going to die when you knew it wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it introduced an interesting character, which I think they probably didn't quite get right. Um, but that I, I certainly felt the intensity in the scene and, and that was, that was a plus, but I still, that scene finished with me being like, what the hell was that guy all about? And mm. just quickly gets in the car. It's like, where's Jeremiah? Oh, I killed him. Okay. Off they go. So that was, that was pretty shitty. But um, <laughs> I did, I, I did like the, the motion. In it. Good. All right. Um, so the the only thing that I've I've got is I thought a lot of the cinematography was really good. I thought there were a lot oh, it was of beautiful, nice, wasn't it? Yeah, there were a lot of really nice shots of the city and the country, and I thought that you know, um, especially in sort of apocalyptic style films, that you know, this is one of the highlights a lot of the time, and I think they did a really good job with that. Um, yeah. All right. So, what are some things that you didn't? Are like? you serious? You know, you know, you didn't like one thing. Nah. I haven't got anything else. I'm sorry. I really, I, I went over my notes multiple times. I'm like, what, what can I pull out that I actually liked? And I had nothing else. Wow. And usually okay. I, I maybe have, I'm usually... wrong. Maybe this, maybe the anger online is, is warranted. And I, and I'm I, just I haven't read, I, ha- I haven't read any angry reviews or anything. Like this is me just going off my notes and what I took on, on this one. So, um, I, I, when you said there are a lot of people angry, I was like, Oh, cool. This is going to give me a bit of that reading, reading afterwards. Um, I tell you, the best thing that could have happened to me was, was when my mate said that how how angry he was with this film because I'm yeah. like, okay, this is gonna suck, and I've got to be prepared for it. And I got it down. I'm like, oh, it's fine. Not bad. Uh, what, uh, scenes that, that I didn't like. Um, there's definitely a few of these as well. But after that, <laughs> when he goes to uh, when Will goes to Sam's parents' house to basically ask for her hand in marriage, and he gets a pretty frosty reception from them gets basically kicked out of their house as if he wouldn't call or text Sam to chat through that situation afterwards. Like she okay, doesn't right. like send it, flick him a note saying, Hey, how'd, how'd tonight go? Like he just goes back to his hotel and sleeps. I don't know. Okay. Well, cause like that was one of the, I've got that as well because I just thought that whole um, dinner scene, I, I almost thought it was pointless, but that was maybe because I didn't, I wasn't expecting him to ask for her hand in marriage, but I'm glad that you've said that because to me, I was like trying to work out like, my my thinking was that he went over there to say that she was pregnant and but you know why if that was the case why did he you know go over by himself no. without her and but obviously they talked about it beforehand when he was leaving he basically said <laughs> i'm gonna go ask her your, your dad's scary she's like that's all right it's better than finding out that i'm pregnant like so uh, that yeah, he was yeah, gonna I, ask I, us I, I, I must have switched off really early on this one because i was that was like 13 <laughs> seconds in <laughs> yeah missed that one all right good keep going um Tom, when Tom was trying to get his phone working at one point in the car, his wallpaper was a photo of his daughter in like a model shot. (laughs) (laughs) She looked great. Don't get me wrong. It was a great photo of her, but not the kind of photo that a dad would have of his daughter on as his wallpaper. (laughs) They they should have done a lot better. 
is protective of her. So obviously Google searches. I get the idea was that yeah, the idea was that we wanted to be like you know he cares about his daughter. It's even his wallpaper, but like it's like they've just grabbed her one of her photo shoots, the actress's photo shoots, and whacked it on there. Um, And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but the scene by the fire at the end, that animosity between Will and and Jeremiah. um, I know they they wanted, as you said, set up that uh, that rift between them, but. Jeremiah's theory, which was, you know, weird and stupid, but why would Will get so annoyed by it? That's it just annoyed me that it blew up and they it's like, okay, we've got six minutes to get these two to understand that they're gonna kill each other and we've got to make it really quick and it just it didn't work at all. It, it, I thought it was silly. And it was almost an opportunity for Jeremiah to sort of give you a little bit more about what's actually going on in the world, because he had a few of these theories that he throws out and and yeah, they, they shut it down so quickly. And I think Will, I think this was the part where he says, he had this line where he said, you know, in the end, it doesn't matter. We all have to live right. And I was like, I, I, yeah, I, that, that whole conversation and the setup, it was just, yeah, it was just, obviously you, you knew that that's what they were building it for was that, that mm. blow up. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that was it. And if you're Will, and, and, and mind you, Will's in a much better position to have an opinion because he's just been across the country. But if you're Will, you'd welcome any kind of opinion, right? You haven't spoken to anyone. You don't know what's going on yourself. You might have your theories, but you'd, You'd listen to anyone who's got a theory. So it just seemed like a weird reaction. Um, and the final thing I'm going to put it in here, even though I go through chronologically, but I just, I needed closure on Ricky and that really pisses me off that we didn't get it at all. So I, I just yeah. had to bring that up. Good. All right. Um, so the, the start where, you know, um, Sam's back in Seattle and Will's in Chicago and, um, you know, she wakes him up with a call and, um, you know, he's in this bit of a rush for being late for his flight. And she's like, you know, please call me when you get to the airport. And he gets up out of bed and looks out the window and he's actually staying at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, so there's no need to be worrying about missing your flight. And why does he need a call? He's literally there. Like, I, I, that just blew straight away. I was like, what the hell? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I thought, for some reason, I thought he was, and I thought this would come back. I thought he was lying to her about staying at the airport. That's why he's like, oh, I'm in such a rush. I'll call you when I get to the airport was his way of being like, I don't know why he would lie. And like, I'd forgotten about it. So now that you bring it up, it's like the whole thing's pretty insane. Yeah, it was um, quite, yeah. And and then, you know, the follow on from when uh, Will goes over to his in-laws sort of house to see Tom and Paula and, you know, they're packing their bags within minutes of the power going out. Like, yeah, (laughs) Tom was a cluey man. You know, Chicago's a fair way from the, the West coast. Like, it, and you know they'd made this big deal that it happened on the west coast like and why couldn't paula have just stayed in the house why did she need to evacuate the house as well because yeah. apart from the power going out chicago seemed like a pretty uh okayish sort of place he uh, knew tommy knew he knew um i thought that <laughs> the I, this really annoyed me will getting out of the car multiple times for police officers for people just standing in the middle of the road you know trying to take their gas <laughs> every single time like once was enough it got repetitive very, very quickly. Um, uh, the that... lady pleading was, you know, that, that was tough because Ricky got out too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah okay. Um, I know it's a dog eat dog yeah. world when the, yeah, yeah, when the world's yeah. ending. Uh, we, yeah. It's just part of the themes actually. Like how, how serious are they trying to, you know, get to Seattle? Um, Will and um, Tom. At the expense of up. your humanity though? <laughs> like that's, yeah. uh, it's a tough one. 
it's tough when you, you don't see the humanity in any of these characters, so you don't really care. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a scene where Will and Tom drive up to this military line and then, you know, they're not letting anyone through. And just because Tom says, you know, I was in, I did service, they're like, oh, cool, we'll let you through. Like, fuck off. That was like, oh, my God. I was like, seriously. Um, it, was, it was handled very respectfully. And, you know, they were real officers. They were real soldiers. Uh, in yeah, that scene. I, I did read that. Um, um, you know, they're, 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 they're on the road so much in this. And there's one scene where they drive past this sign that's on the side of the road and it says, um, what was it? it was like a maximum security prison or something. I was like, oh, cool. This is cool. You know, no power. Prisoners are going to be out on the road. Um, and, you know, all you get is a prisoner pretending he's a cop. Like, uh, that gave me nothing. Nothing at all. I really what else did you me. want? I wanted, like, a whole mass of them on the road or something, try and rock the car or something. I don't know. That, I just thought one person out of a That's whole pretty cool, person. though. That's I, that, I put that in my good seat. That what, I just assumed it was a cop. And when you realize it wasn't a cop, and then obviously they got away from him initially with a big smash in the car, and then they crashed. I, I thought it was a cool scene. I would have rather that than 10 people rocking their car. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just wanted something. Um, <laughs> I, the, the, like Ricky, like we spoke about, you know, paying her to, to go west with him. And like, I, I did not, but like, you know, why would she want to go to where this incident is supposed to be? I know she makes this idea, you know, I want to be a rapper and sort of plays it off as a joke. So even if that was her actual motive and she didn't want to, you know, she it seemed lame and wanted to laugh it off. Right now is not the right time to be going to LA for your work. If if yeah, all this stuff's it happening, it, it, just it didn't, didn't seem right. that safe where she was though. I think there was something going on there. Remember when they were leaving and she sort of said, "Just yeah, she's like it. drive." Yeah, yeah. Just, there's too, too many little gaps. Um, they've when they rock up and visit this Meg person's house and they pick up supplies and we see her upset about her husband and swirling mm-hmm. the wedding ring on her hand. Like, put her in the car with you and go. Like. That's yeah, why I, I was hoping yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, didn't bother um, me that much, but uh, you know, I like those sort of journeys. <laughs> like fundamentals yeah. of caring, they picked up people along the way. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Um, <laughs> when they they rock up at this water slide that I spoke about before, and Ricky jumps into the water straight away, and you know she jumps out and she says, "Oh, it's hot," and they laugh at her. Like I was like concerned for. Her. I thought, is this water radioactive or or what? Why is it so hot? Like I was just like, why are they laughing at her? Did you like understand why they thought that was so funny? Oh, that was. Because she did something silly. Like, that was okay, them just getting off the road. How is this a bad scene? It's a bad scene. I was concerned for her that she was going to die of radioactive poisoning. Okay, well, Lisa got you thinking. Yeah. I guess. Are you annoyed that she didn't? Like, Well, she's off. She probably walked a mile away from the car and she's probably died out in the middle of nowhere and we didn't even get the closure of that, that she died because she had radioactive poisoning. And that's why you didn't like that scene. Correct. Um, and I didn't get why they were laughing at her. I thought that was mean. <laughs> I thought it was a nice, there was a nice little camaraderie between them. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, the boat story between uh, Will and Tom and how Will sort of, you know, comes clean when he's on his deathbed and says, you know, Sam was the one driving it and, you know, she was drunk and I took the blame. Like, do we really need to, like, I, I don't get what that whole idea, like he was protecting her, but... I, I don't know. I just didn't like that boat the analogy. I didn't mean anything to me at all. Okay. So firstly, I, it wasn't an analogy. It was oh, like so a, a thing that happened. True. It was breaking down the walls of their relationship, Tom and, and Will. But it was it was also showing that th- this is a guy that will do anything for his daughter. He will, he will even face the scariest person in their life, which is the dad, and, and lie and take the blame. 
and it broke down the walls of Tom and Will's relationship. That are pretty. Oh, that was, I almost put that in my good scenes because I thought it was a nice scene. But if he if he cares about her so much, why throw her under the bus just before he dies? So then he's he's dying thinking that his daughter's lied to him the whole time. I don't. Do you think that's that was the the vibe that Tom got out of that? Well, that's the vibe I'm getting from this movie because I'm, I'm, I'm vibing completely yeah, up the wrong yeah. tree, I think. <laughs> okay, yep. <laughs> it's starting to sound like this review that I read. <laughs> but these are all things from the movie that annoyed me. But, and it's probably and it's because they didn't explain anything. If they had actually explained something to me, I probably wouldn't have thought this way because I was just trying to question everything that was happening. Um, okay. And- but that one didn't need explaining, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you like these, but I thought all the car chases were shit. I just, I just, <laughs> well, I guess if you didn't like if you didn't like that, then then yeah, you're up against it. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. That's me done. Um, so yeah, obviously, um, a lot of the things that I thought are probably me just being nitpicky because I just wasn't into this film and it just confused me, like completely confused me. I There's a no couple of nitpicks there. I try <laughs> to I try to get to a point now where if I don't like something, like I I, I got to think on it and I go, okay, I really didn't like that, but. Yeah, some of those things did didn't seem that bad. <laughs> some of them were actually kind of important, but well, yeah. I, I, I write these down not thinking that I'm going to dislike these scenes. But when I go back over my notes and look at them, I'm like, oh, you know, uh, yeah. been a okay. I'm like, oh, nah, that, actually, what, what was that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so that's that's where. It came from. All right, well, what's this one uh, trying to say? What are some themes or some ideas? Oh, it's similar to something we've had before with the the whole length that we'll go to and the decisions that we'll make in these situations, but. I think the main thing that, that you take out of a film like this is it it, it talks it, it discusses the whole idea of whoever adapts first basically survives in these situations. Um, and you notice really early on when those crooks were trying to get the car and he's like, oh, you know, this guy just called me a slut. Tom pulls that gun straight away. And at that point in time, it's like, whoa, this guy just pulled a gun. Because they were already trying to make the most of a bad situation and they got completely one-upped by Tom pulling out a gun. Because mm. this is a guy who's, who's understanding the situation, he's adapting quickly. And you see people throughout it lying and cheating and stealing and killing and they're always the ones who come out on top, right? So you've got a guy who's killed a cop, taken the car, he's come on top of the, on, on top of the cop. People who steal their gas, they get killed. If you didn't kill them, then you lose. So it's basically Will gets out of this at the end because he kills a guy and, and mm. at the end it's it's a if you don't adapt to this situation you die and it's not really trying to say anything more than that good people aren't going to make it if we come to the apocalypse yeah i mean in 24 hours or when you know it's it all started turning pretty uh pretty crazy pretty quickly um this whole yeah survival of the fittest almost i guess you saw yeah uh, you see it in a lot of things like even like walking dead and that movie we mm. did cargo a, a few weeks back um yeah you know that guy who was just a really really bad dude survived because as soon as things went to went to shit he decided he was going to capitalize on it and that's and that's the people who make it in the in these mm. worlds hmm. um I, yeah i mean the, i don't know whether i was trying to say that humans are destroying the world a little bit as well just mm. I, oh yeah so yep. confused with the whole idea and there's a little bit too about these these two men that are you know it's almost like they're saving a damsel in distress you know and they're both wanting to be good fathers you know they're, they're both doing this because they want to be a good father um one way or another mm. um you know future father and and obviously present father all right what did you take away from this one look it's funny just talking about it now I, like because i'm going to remember this film as, as as one that never really quite got there 
<laughs> but I've I've felt this obligation in the past twenty four hours to go into bat for it. <laughs> so, like, whilst I sound like I'm really trying to defend it, like this was just an okay film for me. But I just don't want everyone to be shit canning it as much as they are because I don't think it was that bad. Because to me, it was just it was a comfortable journey, and I thought some of the action scenes are pretty good. Um, I think it would have looked good on the big screen, no doubt. And with that said, though, I, I wouldn't rush to recommend it to anyone because the reasons that I liked it were probably more personal and, and more visceral than, than anybody else. And I can understand why it's you know sitting at a two point one on Letterboxd. Um, but I just I all of a sudden and. It, I thought it when I was reading these reviews, and I think it more now. I'm talking to you. I just I feel this obligation to Stand defend it. it. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be defended. I'm certainly not going to say, "Hey, if you don't like if you don't like this film, you're an idiot." But I don't know. I just think it's copping a raw deal. And I know my mate's going to listen to this podcast, and he's going to be like, "MJ, you're an idiot. You're an <laughs> idiot for saying anything good about this movie." He's probably going to say the same thing about me because he'd be like, everything I've said was complete rubbish anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be curious to catch up with him. What, what did you take away from this film? Um, yeah, don't bother with it. Uh, yeah. uh, if you, you won't feel good walking away from this because to me, nothing in this was sold. Uh, and that's my biggest issue with this is that there was, there was no resolution for anything. And I need that a little bit. Like, I don't mind a cliffhanger. I don't mind uh, open for interpretation endings. But to me, this one, the, the, it was too ambiguous with no clear directive of where you should actually be thinking um so that's yep. my that take yep. did you go on imdb at all to check anyone out i did um mm. i went on for ricky who's played by grace dove as we've mm. spoken about already but I, I she looked familiar but i didn't recognize her for for this role because she was actually in the revenant as leonardo dicaprio's wife I didn't recognize her from that, but she was in that, and I've seen her in that, and it's kind of, you see photos like, oh, yeah, she looks completely different than what she does in this film. But Good. Um, there you go. How about you? So no, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't jump on at all. I, I didn't, apart from Forrest Whitaker, who I already know, the others didn't ring a bell for anything. So, yeah, no, I didn't get on. Um, all right, it's time for us to ask each other some questions that we may have. So what have you got to ask me? Yeah, I got a few, actually. Um yeah. We, you, you, you were kind of talking about this one before. I was gonna, I was gonna jump into my question, but we're here already. So, do you think that Sam being pregnant worked better as stakes for Will to get back to her, or for something for Will and Tom to kind of share together, uh, which they eventually did when he was dying? Yeah, but um, they they reveal that she's already told tom that she's pregnant so he had plenty of opportunities to bring that up earlier and i guess he mellows a bit so then it, it becomes a bonding sort of thing but um yeah, it's a very good question and I, I probably don't have a proper answer for it because i think that it wouldn't have mattered for tom no matter what he was it didn't matter whether his daughter was pregnant it, he, he just wanted to see her safe but as an audience member do you because to me i i said it, i don't think that they created the stakes well enough and if they were trying to do that with Sam being pregnant, it didn't change anything. He could have been going back to his girlfriend or his pregnant girlfriend. It actually didn't change much. They just didn't set that up like they did as well in like a movie like Caliber. Um, but I do feel like there was that nice moment when Will and Tom did get to share that moment of understanding that he's going to be a father. Uh, and that, that kind of worked a lot more for me than the, than the fact that he was, you know, she was pregnant and she was on her own. Um, yeah. And I was curious to see how, whether that was similar for you. Yeah, I, th I think that idea of fatherhood was something that yeah they connected with. I guess if that's, mm. I guess that's what you're sort of asking. That yeah, and I, and yes. I mentioned that in the themes because yeah that was that was what they you know they finally bonded on was being a father. I guess mm. 
Good. All right, what else? Um, yeah, why, why do you think that, and there's a boring answer to this, and I think it is the boring answer, but why do you think Will burnt up the car? With, um, with uh, I've got that as a question as well. I said, okay. you know, why did he pull the fuel in the car in Tom's body? Like, was this a zombie film? And I just didn't know that. And they wanted you to think there were zombies there as well. Like all the other things they wanted you to think. Like, I'd never that, considered that. Was, that. <laughs> that was my only thought was you've got these ideas where they've said, you know, could have been a nuclear bomb. It could have been, you know, some experiment to erase a rational behavior. It could have been North Korea and China together. It could have been storms. It could have been heat. It could have been earthquakes. It could have been any of these things. So why not throw in zombies too? Um, I th- was- I just I just figured it was some sort of burial, uh, respectful burial for him, but it just, I still didn't think it was necessary. It was almost like, hey, we can have a really nice scene where he's setting him alight and saying goodbye, but because you know how you do the classic, put his body on the water and let him float away. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I just thought it was weird. Mm, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I well, the same sort of thing. So they keep saying that the air in Canada is so good. And he gets to Seattle and the air's really bad. Vancouver's only a two and a half hour drive from Seattle. So how how is that how is it so different? Maybe it's not, Jesse. I my my yeah. hunch would suggest it's not, but yeah. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Anything else you want to ask? Yeah, do you I, I sort of spoke of this before as well, but do you think that every time they sort of bumped into especially on the bridge, let's say, do you think these are just little clans or colonies that are taking over the cities and, and, and they're people that are just adapted really quickly? to the dire straits that they're in and have just been like, we run this town now. You ain't coming in, you ain't coming out, you're on our terms. Is that what you think it was? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. There's, I guess there's yeah individual groups and there's you obviously see a town that's gathered together as yeah. well. So yeah, maybe just these little pockets of different sorts of organisations that are, are working together, I guess. I mean, different yeah, ways. Yeah. Some of them a lot more insidious than others. Yep, yeah. A lot more, yeah. And, and finally, <laughs> so finally i guess we could talk about the ending here because i was going to say did you like the ending that the final shot so you've got the clouds that are chasing them as they drive off yeah firstly i thought it looked great i thought they did a really good job of that Hmm. well do you not yeah I, i get it but it looked like the the clouds sort of um backed a bit down as they drove a little bit further off i agree yeah. Okay. So is this is this like a love cloud, and it's like pushed back because they feel this love between the two? Uh. Well, I don't. I didn't consider <laughs> I don't that. That that's where I'm at with this. That's what I'm trying to think of something. That's what I came up with. I I, I don't. I'm not overthinking it to that point. I here's my, my theory is that it, this is a a form of global warming slash where they're going wrong slash the world basically calling it quits. That's 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 kind of my take on everything that's going on because the way you see things happening, it didn't feel like an attack, but I, I think there's enough evidence to suggest it could be. But my take on this film, and I, and I feel pretty strongly about it to enjoy the film in this respect, was that it was like a weather thing, global warming, and the and the the title of this is the end, sorry, how it ends, um, makes me think that that's that's what they're alluding to. This is how it ends. This is it's all over after this, and. Them driving away from that that ash cloud or whatever you want to call it would have been a bit if if it had have engulfed them and then ended I I would have understood it but I probably wouldn't have liked it as much the fact that they got away makes me think that they're going to survive for a little bit longer and I I I, I think this is I think this is how it ends I I think we're done I think the world's going to whatever it's going to happen to it. But how many pockets of people can survive in certain areas at certain times? Who knows? Like how it actually ends, 
specifically. I don't know, and, and I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by that, and, and as much as I think the whole world will hate this, I would love to see a sequel where it's like a year from now, and some pockets of people have survived this world kind of exploding, um, and 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 then what happens? I'm I'm just curious. This film got me thinking that way, and that's how I that's how I think it ends. So it's going to keep happening. There's going to be these little explosions and and water and um, tidal waves and earthquakes all this kind of stuff's going to keep happening it's going to happen all over the world but you might be in a, a certain pocket at a certain time that it doesn't hit it and then you've got to keep moving and keep adjusting and um and they for the time being are still around good yeah well yeah i, I like that idea that you know we don't know how it ends because i don't even know how it started either so um yeah it's that, that's so, I don't know. So that was just always my take. I just, I just kind of yeah, thought that was good. what was happening, and and I didn't get any evidence to suggest that it wasn't. And when it finished, I was like, okay, that's what happened. Cool, good. Um, I've only got we've covered a lot of the stuff I wanted to ask as well, so I'm happy with that. The only other thing I, I wanted to ask was we see this scene where, um, you know, Will gets up early when they're at the house at the end, and he sees Jeremiah playing with his car. And yep. I was yeah. thinking, I was thinking like you know so why was this and um because it seemed like that you know, Will and Sam could drive off away fine. Or is this putting another sort of thing in the back of your mind that as soon as they drive off, it's going to break down at some stage and they're going to be engulfed by that flame. Cause he's, well, that was a hundred percent in the back of my mind. Was it in the back yeah, of your all mind? Right. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. I was thinking that too. I'm like, it's all of a sudden it's just going to stop. Yep. Um, cool. Maybe just another red herring. Yeah. Just lots and lots. Or right. in the sequel, oh. we find out that he put a bomb in. <laughs> oh God. Because he was a software engineer, so he'd be good with that kind of stuff. True, true. Let's hope there's no sequel. Uh, all right, time to wrap <laughs> this one up. So this is uh, where we each give the film a rating out of five. So MJ, give us your, your rating for this one. You could call the sequel How It Ended and then give you all the explanations that you needed. How It Starts. <clears throat> give, me a pre- give me a prequel. Oh, that would come through in, oh, yeah, we can get a prequel and a sequel. We'll get a sequel. And a sequel. Yeah. I, I, this does work well as a trilogy, I agree. Trilogy. Um, <laughs> I'll get them. <laughs> look, for me, despite its flaws, and they certainly were flaws, there was just this level of comfort to being taken along this journey for me. And and I'm, I'm pretty easily satisfied with the simple adventure narrative. And I do love the idea of picking up strays along the way, so sue me. Um, but it kind of worked for me. So... I'm well aware that I'm being generous, but I'm giving it three stars. Nice. Good. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm obviously pretty uh, different. I, not much happened in this film for me. I thought it was a bit repetitive with this the, the car trips, I guess, and the the issues they faced along the way. I thought the characters I didn't really care for um, and this overall idea of destruction without any explanation or a little bit of insight into what they were actually up against really, really frustrated me. Um, and the ending, like we just spoke about, it doesn't resolve anything. We, we don't know how it ends. So I find this uh, very hard to recommend and I'm giving it a one out of five, uh, which gives us an average of two out of five on Flix Forum. I want you tonight, Jesse, at some point, and I, I could be wrong here, but read back what you just read in your rating. And mm. if, and you could say that you were talking about the movie Cloverfield. No, no, no. Because I, I had a better connection with the characters, which like you have in this one, and, and it's made you enjoy it more. I don't think I really did have that much of a connection with the characters. <laughs> but I, okay, I'll, give you, I'll give you the characters for Cloverfield. That's fair. But everything else that you got annoyed with is what happened in Cloverfield. I liked the Cloverfield. I liked <laughs> the, the idea of, you know, getting back to Earth and all that sort of stuff. That I, I don't know. I, yeah, Getting back to different. Earth. But was that... Part of the first Cloverfield. 
Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about the one we spoke about on Netflix. There. No, no. I'm Carol talking about Carol. actual Clover, actual Cloverfield. Oh, the original Cloverfield. Because uh, the there's a lot of similarities. Okay, sorry. Yep. Um, uh, the original Cloverfield. I didn't care. Yeah. Okay. I didn't care about the characters too much, and then the original one. Um, but I, I liked that film for when it came out. It was something different. I liked the the whole um the build-up of that film with their, their campaigning and their advertising. Uh, yeah, completely different films. Anyway, we need to move on. You're not going to sell me on this one. So we're on social okay. media. We've got we've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. Um, hit us up. Question I just want to pop up there this week is, can you give us a, a good end-of-the-world film recommendation um, that we could fill our time in with? Uh, something that's a little bit better than this one. Um, Ooh, so These final hours. Aussie one? Mm. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, I yeah, off the top of my head, I haven't got one, so I'll have a think about that and see if I can post something myself on our post. Yeah, what else? All right, there's been, been plenty. Yeah, there are, there are, there are. Yeah, I completely agree. There are a lot of good ones. So, um, please subscribe to us if you can. Give us a good rating on um, whatever platform you're listening to us. We are back again next week, and next mm-hmm. week we have a comedy. It's from 2018. Ooh. It's called Father of the Year. It's directed by okay. Tyler Spindle. Stars David Spade, Nat Faxon. Oh, no. <laughs> Joey Bragg, Matt Shively, Bridget Mandler, and Jared Sandler. So, um, okay, um, this is a um, Happy Madison production, from what I gather. Um, well, so, it's yeah, got Jared so, Sandler. What's that? The nephew, and it's got David Spade. David Spade okay, yeah. So let's get on board for that one, and um, we'll we'll be back with the comedy next week. Hopefully, it provides us with uh, some laughs. Ah, uh, that was good chat, mate. I know we haven't disagreed in the movie for some time, and if we have, it hasn't been this stark. So nah. that was really good. Yeah, I, I feel like a bit of an idiot with my arguments, but I just didn't like this film. <laughs> Mate, your arguments is what the whole world thinks, so <laughs> maybe I need um, to watch it again. I, I think I've, maybe I've given it too much credit. I'm looking forward to going and um, reading some of the reviews of this one um, just to, to check out <laughs> if I've got any similar thoughts to some other people. You probably do. Um, go rewatch Cloverfield as well. I will. All right. Well, uh, good catching <laughs> up. And um, yeah, thanks for um, not um, hating me too much for um, our disagreements today. <laughs> Mate, I love it. That's why I want to talk about it or else I'm just going to sit here thinking it's a five-star. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, it was good. It was really good. good. All right. I will see you next week. See you, mate.